welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast brought to you by Crack Rackets. My name's Alex Gruskin, and we are joining you all today on an impromptu session of the Great Shot Podcast. You know, I am in the Michigan area, and if anyone who listens to this podcast also follows junior tennis... You'll know that this is the time of year of the USDA Boys 16s and 18s Nationals in Kalamazoo. So that's where I am this week. I'm covering the event. I got to see you know, the 16s front draw of singles as well as some 18s doubles today. But to talk about the action, preview our biggest contenders, preview some of our biggest matches, I am joined by a very special guest. It is my former high school tennis coach, the current head coach of Kansas Wesleyan. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. The best athlete from St. Thomas Aquinas, Josh Molino. Josh, hey, great shot. Alex, thanks for having me. And uh, best athlete from St. Thomas Aquinas, I'm going to have to claim uh, false. <laughs> the the talent pool at St. Thomas was, was spectacular, so I'm just happy to be here. All right, better run of coaching. Would you say your, what was it, three-and-a-half, four-year run at Country Day or Jim Harbaugh's four-year run at Stanford? Goodness gracious. Andrew Luck or Max Fligner? <laughs> no, I mean, I have so much love for Max Fligner, and uh, I just, it's hard for me to compare myself to Jim Harbaugh, so I'm going to have to give the nod to the Michigan man for now. Oh, that's very kind of you, and I should say to our fans, this is a very special episode for me because beyond just being my high school tennis coach, you know, perhaps my mom won't like to hear this, but Josh has taught me a lot, and he's helped me mature throughout the years, you know, really showed me how to be an adult, to conduct myself in a professional and classy way, so for me, it's an absolute treat to have you here, and so before we talk about Kalamazoo, oh, you're blushing, and it's great because we get to do this in person, but it really is a pleasure for me, I'm enjoying this more than I probably should. No, I understand, but help you become an adult is... uh, (laughs) It, it, this is a sad, sad story right now. <laughs> it's true. Well, I mean, you saw me at both the highest and the lowest, both literally and figuratively. And so, again, it's a pleasure for me to have you here. Uh, before we talk about Kalamazoo, I do want to talk about, as I mentioned, you are the newly named Kansas Wesleyan head coach. To our fans who don't know, Kansas Wesleyan, an NAIA program on the come up, located, what's the exact town? I don't want to butcher it. Uh, it's in fact, a take over from here. It's Salina, Kansas, and uh, you know a lot of those who aren't familiar with um, the Missouri Valley. Salina is a small town. You can hit Denver in a straight shot. You can also uh, head south to Wichita, Oklahoma City. You can also head east to Kansas City. But uh, we're in the KCAC and the NAIA. <laughs> That's good, KCAC. Yeah, don't laugh. <laughs> uh, the NAIA is uh, it's not an NCAA affiliation, but we've got 350 schools, um, and uh, it, it's an incredible opportunity. A lot of private uh, universities to get an education at a smaller scale. You know, so some schools have a thousand students. We at Kansas Wesleyan have 750, and 75 percent of our enrollment are athletes. So. Um, it's a great opportunity to get one-on-one attention and to be able to be a collegiate athlete in a smaller environment. Yeah, I, I can only imagine, and I've had the privilege to play for you. I've gotten to experience the Josh Molino head coaching culture, and so I do want to ask, you know, uh, in between your time coaching our high school team, you've been 
through many uh, clubs throughout the country. You got to coach privately, both at the Sports Club of West Bloomfield, which is where I grew up training. You went back down to Orlando. You coached at the USDA National Facility. You coached in Kansas for a little bit. You've coached all over. And so you have a lot of experience when you're building a program in the NAIA because you know the money is not as flush for you as it is for, say, the Ohio States and the Virginias. And so in terms of the culture, I feel like that's even more important. And so what will you be trying to bring to that culture to try and you know take – Kansas Wesleyan to places it hasn't been. The that's a great question, Alex. Look, it's a hard. I, I know I, you're going I'm off rip here. You, you don't have anything <laughs> a planned. Diane Sawyer. It's it's <laughs> incredible, um, and you guys look very similar. <laughs> so um, you know, to be honest, what we're going to do is uh, you know take the team that we have, and um, we're going to build on their games. But the most importantly is um, you know to make sure that they graduate and that uh, you know they they've got life after tennis I think that's really important and I know some of these big schools and big conferences have that in mind but uh, for us you know we know it's just the professional level is not um, where we're going so you know for us we want to win a conference championship and uh, the the powerhouse in the NAIA uh, there's a few schools but Georgia Gwinnett is this monster that nobody can take (laughs) down and you know I like to bully the bullies so um you know, I think that's where we're going to shoot, and we're going to go for uh, a conference championship, something we haven't done since 48 on the men's side and, and the win- women's side. We've never had one. So, um, you know, we're going to start small. We've got a bunch of Division two schools, and, um, you know, we're just looking forward to getting started, getting them on campus and, and rolling. Look, part of the reason I'm so happy to have you on this podcast is you are the funniest person I know, particularly related to the game of tennis. And not to set the high expectations for you, but I do want to get to the fun in this podcast. I do have a couple of more serious questions, and it's mostly because for me as a fan of the game, I think college tennis is one of, if not the most enjoyable experience as a viewer in, you know, the the entire game of tennis. You have that team atmosphere. You have fans really pulling together, really propelling these players forward in a way that's unique to college tennis and not necessarily available on the ATP tour. And so for someone like yourself who has coached all over the country, you know, you've seen all the different forms of the game. What is it about college tennis, even at the NAIA level, that appeals to you and makes you want to coach at that level? Well, I think it's getting my foot in the door, you know, is uh, for someone who didn't play college tennis but comes from a, a solid tennis background and pedigree, you know, with my mom and, and my father being a former national team coach and working with some of the top guys in the country like Jack T. Murray in North Carolina. <laughs> hey, great shot to him. You absolutely love Jack and, and <laughs> Maximilian Fligner out of Clarkston, Michigan. Oh, of course. Um, and even a guy who, you know, um, really, really enjoyed working with Tim Wang, you know, it's at Columbia and, and, and we had our issues, but I still love Tim <laughs> out there. And, uh, and Save my bo- those for after the pod. Yeah, yeah. And my boy, uh, you know, Davis Wong of Michigan State. So big time, um, you know, players at the D1 level and then, you know, teaching ladies 3-0 leagues. Um, I think tennis is better with people around you. It's a, it's really individual, and it gets lonely out there. And sometimes I worry about some of these guys that have all this talent, and they're on the tour, and, and um, you know, they not that they're bored, but uh, the team atmosphere really, you know, gives you life. You know, you're playing Absolutely. for more than just yourself, and, and you know from being a national champion uh, club team. We just watch your YouTube highlights. And oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I would force re- those on you. No, I'd rather have taken a nap. But, uh, 
you know, it's it's better. Because um, of CC's commentary, my play or both? No, CC was fantastic. I mean, you know me. It's, it's not gonna not gonna get down on her, but um, you know, I think it's better with uh, with more people around you and supporting you, and and uh, it makes tennis definitely a different level. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that's why at Cracked Rackets we focus so much on the college tennis. It really is, you know, beyond Laver Cup, Hopman Cup, Davis Cup. Those are really the three opportunities in professional tennis. But to have that team atmosphere, to be able to play tennis as a team sport is such a rare quality to find in the game. So I completely agree with you. My last K-Dub related question, what should we as fans expect from the 2018-19 K-Dub squad? Well, Alex, both squads, men's and women's. Men's and women's, yeah. We can't forget, uh, you know, there's two teams there. Uh, the ladies, we've got two uh, players at the top of our lineup that uh, we're looking to finish in the top four of the conference. And, and again, in the KCAC, um, you know, the winner of the conference gets an at-large bid to Nationals and Mobile. Um, you know, but again, I think we're going to be real competitive. I'm calling the shots. We've got some Division Two teams. We've got uh, William Woods on the schedule, who's a top six team. Um, we we want the big dogs. You know, we want to qualify for nationals. We want to get to the next level, and I think it's good for everybody, the, the graduating seniors and the school. Uh, and, and we're just looking to um, wave the Kansas Wesleyan flag down there. You know, I'm all about that. Oh, absolutely. Can I get one last part of this segment? Can I get a big go K Dub? Yeah, I'm going to have to say it's uh, Go Yotes. <laughs> go Yotes. I yeah, love that. Yotes. Well, you know here on the Great Shot Podcast, we will be riding with the Yotes for the rest of the 2018-2019 season. We'll definitely check in with you throughout the season to see how you guys are going along. Uh, but let's get into our topic of the day. Again, we are in Kalamazoo, a place both of us have frequented multiple times over the years. And despite you know the changes in the city, the tennis always stays the same. And so... I want to examine Kalamazoo from a mul- you know multiple perspectives. Starting off with the fact, you know, you played junior tennis, so did I. Uh, Kalamazoo is really the championship of the U.S. junior calendar, and so I, I just want to ask, as a player coming into this event, you know, when we're watching how they're playing, is that you know the nerves, all of the buildup that comes in with this event, is that something? you think every player is dealing with regardless of seed or do you think it's a certain circumstance where it's yeah i mean you see a lot of different levels of play of course but so you know from a patrick kipson who's the defending champion number one seed returning to the boys 18s to you know the random honolulu one automatic bid uh do you think that nerves is felt throughout the field because this event really is the super bowl of it all yeah, definitely. You know, I was not the player. I grew up in the Florida section. Was so, I. Uh, you know, <laughs> we, you we know. both come from the same gene pool. <laughs> and, and it's all about the acceptance on it. Um, but, you know, I got some heart and I could fight. Uh, I never played Kalamazoo, but, you know, played a lot of tough tournaments in the Florida section with some of the top players. Um, everybody's got nerves. You know, I think we saw, um, you know, some of these younger kids, especially in the 16s, if it's their first one. So the match I really want to start out with, and this is the reason I'm talking about it, is because the first match we got to see today is the number two seed in the boys' 16s. I believe it's Max McKinnon. The, the first name might not be right, but it is McKinnon, the two seed, and he was playing Alex Finkelstein. And, you know, the two seed in Kalamazoo, you are the big favorite coming in. And he really struggled. And it wasn't a matter of, you know, 
game, the level of his opponents, I think he was clearly better throughout. You look at the tools each had at their disposal, but I think those nerves played a factor. I think he, you know, this is probably McKinnon's first time playing in front of a crowd like the one that's provided at Stowe Stadium in Kalamazoo. A beautiful stadium, by the way, and so you have to think that played a factor, right? Of course. Yeah, these guys are they're young guys, and when you're by yourself out there, uh, you're surrounded by college coaches, you're in a different environment. Um, if Hardcourt Super Nationals was not in Kalamazoo, Michigan, I find it hard to believe uh, the majority of these kids would ever make a stop here. You, you know? think so? So, yeah. It's just, I mean, what what would they have to do in the middle of Michigan? <laughs> you know, and, well, and, I'm biased. No, I, I know you're biased. There are but, things that are going to be legal soon right, that I think be, are advantageous. The bias is obvious that you picked out Alex Finkelstein <laughs> to talk about. I mean, because you're Mr. Alexander. Anybody who's got Alex in the first name is Dimineur, like... Dimineur, Zverev. No, your brother. It's unbelievable. But <laughs> McKinnon, McKinnon was solid. I mean, he... You know, I, the first time I've seen him play, he's, he's clearly going to be recruited by the, the big dogs out there. And uh, lefty kid, I think he's, he's going to take everybody's best shot. So it's the guys that handle the adversity the best and, and can make some adjustments. And, and they'll, they'll settle down. I mean, you'll see the top guys will start to ease in and... Um, and then, you know, go to work uh, in some of these earlier rounds here. Well, so that's a perfect segue because in terms of your perspective as a coach, when you're watching this event, you know, today we got to see the 16s front draw, some of the 18s back draw. Tomorrow we'll get to see the 18s front draw play as well as, you know, any match you want to see. What are the qualities you're looking for from players here? Because it's not as simple as wins and losses. Everyone here is very good. A lot of it is matchup specific in terms of who gets the wins and losses. But in terms of specific characteristics you're looking for, not only for development as a coach, but just you know the passion, the the fight on the court. What is it you're looking for from these players that will deem to you? Oh, this is a player I am interested in. I think. There's a lot of qualities all these top coaches are looking for. You know, sure. I, I can't tell you what Ohio State and Ty Tucker's looking for, or Arvid Swan and Northwestern, or even Gene Orlando and Harry Jaden in Michigan State. I mean, I'm Big Ten biased here. <laughs> but um, I think uh, any you know coach with some tennis knowledge and, and player development, um, you're looking for um, you know that high motor. I mean, do they have the motor with the feet? Are they confident? Uh, where are they technically? You know, what, what type of ball recognition do they have? Um, and, of course, are they a fighter? I mean, are they going to lay down? Or are they going to go after it? Um, and their speed of play. You know, I'm going to be biased tomorrow, and uh, I'm going to be really rooting for a kid named Andrew Zay. He's got an unbelievable matchup against Cannon Kingsley, who I also am very fond of. Um, but uh, this one's biased, and my father works with Andy, and, and I've watched him growing up through the years. So uh, it would be some, some great tennis um, but again, I think, you know, you've got to have that look, you know, is this kid hungry? Is he here for business or, uh, is he just happy to be at Stowe? Well, so building off of that, you talk about Andrew versus a guy like, uh, Cannon uh, versus a guy like Cannon. I'm sorry. I'm losing my head with all of these prospects. Cause his but... name's not Alex. You don't remember his name. <laughs> exactly. But so you're talking about that and even at a further level, because I've watched a lot of tennis, but like you mentioned, You've worked with guys, the Jack Murrays, the Zangs, guys who have pro aspirations. John Patrick Mullane, shout out. Yeah. Ronnie yeah. Schneider, shout out. <laughs> yeah, all of these guys, warriors. And so in terms of separating the guys who may have the opportunity to go pro versus the guys who certainly can play high-level D1, high-level D3, any level of college tennis they want, 
what separates those people in terms of prospects? And to you, is it something noticeable? Because I think to me, you know, we watched Danny Thomas and Kipson today and just the smoothness of their strokes, the fact that their timing was never disrupted by anything their opponents did. The guy who I didn't even mention yet, Nakashima, who just... I think they won 0-0 in doubles today, and he was just not tested. And, of course, he's a partner out there, but still, he was a level above everyone else. I mean, to me, it's obvious visually. Do you think that's uh, – am I being naive? No, I think you're you're exactly right. Now, I'm not going to pretend to know, you know what's going to take a top 100 player because I'm at uh, uh, Salina, Kansas here right now. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm working at these things, you know, and, and I've talked to a lot of coaches. I did a – USDA player development, uh, high performance course. So, you know, a lot of those things are directed towards, you know, the mechanics and, and what's going to take that mentally and physically. Um, you know, from the eye test, you know, Kipson, Thomas, Nakashima. I watched Drew Baird a little bit. Um, uh, you know, who else? Even a Cannon Kingsley. I mean, I saw last year play at the summer, um, summer team playoff uh, with Andrew, and, and there were some players down there. Um, these guys are physically strong. They play fast. They play smart. Uh, they they control and command the court. You know, even even in a warm up, you can just tell who's who. Um, so you know, again, I think there's an eye test. And uh, how do they make adjustments? You know, you're going to take everybody's best shot, and it's can you weather the storm and execute your game plan? You know, and, and sometimes there's just a different class, but. You know, we watched uh, Kingsley. Uh, well, I think that was with Jack. You weren't here. You mm-hmm. came in this morning, but uh, we watched Kingsley play the Hawaiian kid. You mentioned Honolulu, and that kid gave Kingsley everything he had. Played unbelievably well, and Kingsley wins. You know, I think five and four in a tough match. Uh, Stevie Foreman, another Michigan kid. Boris Kozlov lost first round. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you, you know, you can play these pro tournaments. Um, you can have the body, but. Uh, you know, how well do you battle on a day-to-day basis, especially if you're not, you know, playing that A game? You know, can your B game beat a lot of these other kids' A games? Yeah, and you talk about this crop of prospects again. We've mentioned the Kipsons, the Nakashimas, the Thomases, and I don't mean to put you in a comparison perspective because, of course, you're high on all of these prospects, as am I, but we both had the opportunity to be here in 2014 and 2015 when in terms of the class of 18's prospects, we saw the Rubens, the Moes, Tiafos, Kozlov, Fritzes, Pauls, Opelkas, Escobedos. I could go on and on and on, but the point is we saw the big boys, right? The next-gen Americans we're talking about. And just, again, in terms of a general perspective before we get into the specifics of the 2018 event, how does this you know, class of young American male prospects, in your opinion, because, again, you, there can be many opinions out there, but I am curious. I think you are validated and accredited to where you can give an opinion. How do they compare to that 2014-2015 class of prospects? Well, I, th- I don't know if you mentioned Mackenzie McDonald, but... It's he, another guy. <laughs> yeah, he was there. Eubanks. Uh, I remember watching him on the backside, um, and I think he he had played and lost the match and then went on to play in a challenger or something and beat someone top 100. I mean, Shropshire I, smacked Kozlov. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. So um, I think it's, it's hard because it, it is on a year-to-year basis. Um, but, you know, you just don't know. These guys develop, and, and they get smarter. And, you know, Eubanks, let's just go tennis recruiting, was a four-star recruiter or something coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, how do we know? A panel of, of people that think they know, um, it depends on the kid and, and how hard they're going to work and, and physically are they going to develop. And, you know, are they mature enough? I mean, can they handle it? At, you know, 
Jack Murray, you know, somebody I'm really close with and worked with. My father worked with him since he was six, and you know, I kind of came up there and, and you know was in his life, you know, from when he was 14, and, and he traveled with Ronnie, you know, this summer and, and played at North Carolina stuff. You know, I think he was ready to handle that type of stuff, um, but maybe his body isn't there, you know. So sure. um, it's it's there's so many different factors, you know. Even Ronnie, you know, gotten really close to Ronnie, um, you know, through Jack and and watching him and, and how great he's done and. Um, sometimes it takes a tournament like this week he gets in as a lucky loser and gets to the quarters you know yeah. so um, it's just managing those things and and um, taking advantage of the opportunity sure and so that was a cop-out and you kind of avoided that but I will say I was professional and you are a professional you know a college tennis coach now so I, I try that. But let me, let me go back to and answer your question <laughs> yeah. is this crop you out that yeah is this crop do you see a Tiafa is, is this crop a 2014 crop? I mean, we don't know. I mean, Kipson could be incredible. Danny Thomas, you know, makes his mind up to whether he's going to go pro or he's going to go develop in college. Um, you know, this Nakashima. I mean, the way that he looked out there, man, I, I it could be incredible. But are they, they, you know, these superheroes that we saw in 14? No, I, I don't think so yet. Sure. Um, but again, I don't want to knock any of these guys because... They're, They're all, all super talented. Incredible. And we saw that today in the doubles. I mean, again, Nakashima didn't lose a game. I think he played with Gates. Good the guy, one-handed backhand. Uh, who did he play with that? Four seasons. Gentry, maybe? Gentry. Yeah, Gentry. that might have been it. started with a G. If still. it was Alex, you'd remember. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex I think Gentry. the Druskin might help, but yeah. still. Uh, Thomas, Kipson, all these guys looked incredible today. And I guess that's as good of a segue to get into this 2018 event. Uh, you talk about some of the headliners, and we'll, we'll talk about the 18 singles today because that is the headline event. And if you don't know, the winner of the boys' 18 singles gets a wild card into the U.S. Open main draw. The finalist gets a wild card into qualifying. Just on the 16th level, that winner gets it into the U.S. Open junior singles. Finals of that, uh, the finalist in 16th gets a wild card into the qualifying for the U.S. Open junior. So a lot at stake in this event, again, adding to that reputation of it being the Super Bowl of the junior calendar. But we talk about, you know, the guys we're looking at in this tournament. I think you can't start any further than your defending champion, Patrick Kipson. Number one seed, plays a season at Texas A&M, but is still young enough to come back, play this event. He's not the first college player. I think Wiersholm came back from Virginia, played it a few years ago. And again, many guys have throughout the years. Um, I, I mean, sure, here's the place to start. To you, Josh, is he the definitive favorite just based on the pedigree? Well, there's there's no doubt. I mean, he's, you know, has he regressed? No, he's he's improved his game. Saw Steve Denton on court today watching him. No, he he's clearly, uh, you know, still probably trying to convince Patrick uh, <laughs> to come back to, to maybe you know play, come watch a you know a fall football season in the SEC or regardless. I mean, Kipson has to be the guy. Uh, Thomas, you know, is is really impressive. I mean, physically and. Uh, watched him play, and, and I mean, I think Drew Baird's like a top guy in the ITF. And they all are. You know, I watched him, so I think it's anybody's ball game. And again, how well can you, you know, maintain your level of play for three or four days? But if I had to go with somebody, Kipson looks really tough out there. I think he's really comfortable. Um, I don't know that he comes back to play this event unless he's confident I can get back into uh, New York, um, you know, come September. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely fair. And you look at him today, he seemed confident out there. He seemed 
you know, his first round match, he wins two and three. He now takes on the 35 seed. Uh, you look at his portion of the draw, he's got the nine seed, Zoo. He's got, I think on his half, you have, who is it? It's Keenan Mayo is one of the big guys. Brooksby, who won the Easter Bulls on that portion of the draw. My dark horse, Noah Schechter, is on that portion of the draw. Uh, Tyler Zink, another guy, you, you know, if you follow junior tennis, you've heard of. But yeah, I think on that top half. You look at Kipps and the things he brings into this one. He's played the three out of five set final before, so should he get to that stage, that is a clear advantage. He's been through that too. What was he doing the week before this? He's training with Federer and Blumberg. I mean, can you get a better preparation than that, other than the MTA Academy? <laughs> <laughs> MTA. Uh, you know, we, we definitely cannot offer uh, Will Blumberg or Roger Federer. Um, but no, Kipson's got to be the guy, and, and Brooksby can play, no doubt. Um, it's always fun to see, you know, some of these younger guys that maybe have a higher seed here. I'm not really used to seeing the 64 uh, seed a draw, but um, it's an interesting. I'm curious, what is the point? I mean, what are they trying to achieve with the 64? I don't, I don't really see anything. No, that's it's the look. This tournament is so well run. It's the reason it's been here for 70 plus 80 years. Um, I think it gives, you know, kids and uh, you know probably an incentive to play more USTA tournaments during the year. And, you know, like a guy like Boris Kozlov, who's seeded 63, unfortunately he loses early, but, you know, he's playing pro events and things. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it really necessarily makes a difference. you got to win uh, the match that's in front of you. You know, that's the bottom line, whether you're in red or you're in black here. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're looking at the draw. Uh, like Stevie Foreman, you know, with the, maybe a match against Hildebrand. Um, this Boyer... Guy, he's a stud. He uh, looks like he won a tough match today against JJ Mercer. Yeah, I, I think there are a lot of good contenders. Again, we've talked about this. Kips and Thomas. Uh, again, gut feel. I, I don't know if you want to give this prediction. We can violin it out later. But where do you think Thomas goes for college? If Thomas goes to college, I, I'd be shocked if he didn't end up in Columbus. Yeah, I, just, I think so. Um, you know, maybe he wants to get out of his hometown. Sure. But you know, to me, it'd be hard for. Maybe goes K Dub to see is he going to come to K Dub? <laughs> uh, in my wildest dreams, he's not coming to Kansas West. I look, Danny, if you're listening, I'd love to have you. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, if he does go the college route, I, I can't see him not going to Ohio State. So, just in terms of these two guys, because we've seen them a little bit, and just to describe them to our viewers, and if you haven't, go check out a cracked interview we did with Patrick Kipson right around last year, this time at Kalamazoo. Uh, but just in terms of Kipson, Thomas, and I'll even throw in a guy like Nakashima, who we were so high on today when we saw. Uh, what do those guys have in their games that I got, and I think it's justified opinion, but separates them from the rest of the field? It's hard to see. But I think uh, you do see something. Cl- uh, I think there's a clear, for Nakashima, it's just the smooth, how smooth his game is, the firepower. We talked about it's reminiscent of Ernesto Escobedo all those years, years ago who just had the cleanest strike zone and just popped the ball. I mean, I think he hit every ball in doubles, low, middle, and it was just, it was remarkable. And then for Kipson, again, the strike zone, it's so clear. For Thomas, the hands, the reflexes, the pace to him, it seems like the pace of his, these juniors is just not an issue. He's adjusted to the pro game. So I guess... Well, you know things like that. No, you're you're right about you know the, this. You keep talking about Kipson and Thomas, and, and we get it. Nakashima too, um, but it's you know those guys that are in you know that lower seating. Um, you know, can they maintain a, a full three sets against these guys? You know, and is their mental focus 
able, can they handle the pressure? And executing a game plan. I mean, to beat a Kipson or a Thomas or, um, you know, the Drew Bairds or the, uh, the who was a Bride was the other guy. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be red hot. You've got to be on. And you've got to kind of catch them sleeping a little bit. And I just think <clears throat> their quality, um, they're used to being intense every single point. And, and they're not going to lose that focus um, easily. But physically, you can just tell. You know, like I'll bring up Andrew Zhang again. He's got this match against Kingsley. I saw those guys last summer during a run at the the college national <laughs> club championships hosted by CC Bellis. Um, and, you know, I, I just, you couldn't help but look at the difference in the intensity. Where Andrew's a really smooth player. He's going to Duke, lefty. I'm going to be biased here. Um, but you look at Kingsley and it looks a little bit different. Can Andrew beat Kingsley? Sure. I mean, he's got to play an incredibly tough match rock solid and hope Kingsley's not on his A-plus game so you know can somebody beat Kipson and, and Danny Thomas yeah they can but it's got to be I mean the the match of a lifetime well I think we saw it even today with Adam Neff right a guy who has two losses already in this event in singles I think he hits his forehand as pure, and when he can step in and get a clean strike as the ball, as well as anyone in this tournament. But still, you know, these still courts are a wind curtain. You know, you have to wonder: Did Mark Matthews steal the wind curtains here, just like he did back, back at home? And so, uh, there are circumstances where we could see upsets, and there are always upsets in Kalamazoo. But I agree with you: a lot of these guys have a weapon. You know, for Thomas, it's his hands at the net. For Kipson, it's the speed. It's the consistency. Just I, I don't think he's disrupted by pace at all from the baseline. For Nakashima, again, the ground strokes. I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing him play in singles tomorrow. And just these guys have a definitive weapon. They have a, a game plan that they can, like you mentioned, execute routinely that they keep going back to. And that's what I think separates them from the average player at this event, although the average player, again, is significant, you know, a couple standard deviations better than I am. But, you know, you're looking at this field, and let's talk about tomorrow because we will be here for Monday. Uh, This is, I believe, the third round of play for the men's singles matches and just some of the matches we'll be watching. I know for you, the match you're locked in on is, you know, your boy Andrew Zhang, obviously. What is it about his match with uh, Cannon? Cannon, how can you... Keep forgetting Cannon. Well, because I want oh, to say because Cannon it's... Teague. No, 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 you want to know why? Because Cannon Teague, who is my age, I want to say that I want to say Teague. Okay, but, but it's because like uh, if it was Alex Kingsley, <laughs> you'd be all over it. Well, it was Alex McKinnon. Right yeah, now. yeah, Alex McKinnon. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, no, I mean, I, I'm of course I'm biased, but I just I don't get to see a lot of these guys play. I've been kind of off the the traveling junior circuit. There was a period of time where. I was at Clay's, you know, in Kalamazoo, and, and the outdoor closed. And like you was getting bucks bombed. Oh my goodness! Who was the match at Clay's? Oh, what was the name? He'd be mad if we said the one he lost. He was very upset with. It was uh, <clears throat> not Podesta or not a. Uh... Oh no, no, Podesta owned him for years. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just traveling to those regionals and those national opens. Um, it might have been Vrabel. Vrabel. Yeah, Is because exactly yeah, because what? next to us. Uh, we had about 94 college coaches watching a, a young 16-year-old kid uh, by the name of Riley Opelka. Oh, I've heard of him. So nobody was watching Max. I mean, I was <laughs> watching Max and Vrabel. But, uh, and I think Max actually beat him in the I Ivies. think Max is watching Opelka as no, well. No, no, <laughs> clearly, because he wasn't focused on the match. But um, you know, another match that I, I'm very interested in, and these guys are younger, is Nanda and Will Grant. Sure. Um, 
I, I got to see them play a little bit in Orlando. So I, I don't want to, you know, pick favorites. I don't. Um, I, I just haven't had the chance to see a lot of these guys up close. So I've the past two days, I've just been able to witness some Stowe and, and some doubles. Um, this Trey Hildebrand versus this Armilly kid. Again, I saw Armilly play with Zhu because they played Fletchel and, and Zhang in doubles, and he looked real impressive. And, okay. and I think it's not the seniors that are graduating, but some of these younger kids. Those will be how well and how much that they develop going into next year's tournament. Sure. Um, you know, I think that's where that 2014, 2015 class, even the 13, there were so many good players at the top, those young kids had to raise their level of play. Um, so, you know, I think that's where you start developing the, the premier players. No, I think the guy to watch, and um, this I swear will be the last time I say his name, is Nakashima, right? He's a year younger. He wins the 16s last year. This is his first year 18s. If he can go on a run here, and he is the, you know, the dark horse. Now. I mean, he's a three seed, so dark horse with a grain no, of salt. No, he's, yeah, he's not but, a dark horse But he's by the younger means. player. If he can knock off a Kipps and a Thomas, that is a result that you build off. That is a result where it's, okay, maybe now I don't need to go to college. I'm already the best player, not only of my class, but of the one above me as well. Maybe I spend this next year on the pro circuit. I just think those are the results you look for. Um, well, wait, wait, let's let's touch on this real quick because there's this the argument about do we go to college? Do you not go to college? You know, I mean, look at the success right now of some of these players that have gone to college. You know, it's it's very rare for the Americans, at least right now, and even you know, um, international player. I mean, look at Kevin Anderson. You know, he's a college player. I mean. John Isner, I mean, you know, Eubanks, Mackie McDonald. Uh, let's just even touch on, you know, Noah Rubin for a year Stevie or a semester. Jay. Well, of course, and one of the greatest college athletes of all time. So, um, you know, could Tommy Paul have benefited from college? I don't know. I mean, it might be too late to go look at that. Or, or a Michael Moe or some of these other you know, guys. Pelka, he develops his body for you. You know, I mean, so, you know, that's the question. Does Nakashima, does he rush it? Um, look at the, the age of these guys that are – are starting to really break through in, in the, the men's game, and they're older. So um, I think three years ago I would say, oh, no, no, this guy's got to go pro. Now it's like, well, I think the college game is great because you get a lot of matches, you get facility, you get taken care of, and you get a little chance to mature. You know, And then um, we'll see. You know, A guy that might, uh, you know, it might work for is like a J.J. Wolf at Ohio State. You know, top ITF guy goes plays. Let's see how he does. You know, when he leaves. Um, yeah, I, I think that's again totally fair. I, I agree with you that the college route seems much more viable than it used to, particularly when you look on the doubles tour. How many guys in the top, you know, fifteen doubles played at least one to two years of college tennis? So it's certainly a viable route. Uh, I do, I, you know, I do want to move on because there's not too much to talk about in terms of Kalamazoo. I don't want to force you into a prediction. A lot of this, you know, a lot of matches to play. These are young kids, so there's a lot of volatility in the results. You can predict a winner if you want, but the question I'm really interested in, and this again touches on the level of this class, do you think the winner of this event wins his first round match in the U.S. Open? Well, it's just going to depend on the draw, Alex. <laughs> you know, I you mean, can avoid it. And then I guess my second question then. Uh, even beyond, uh, well, again, beyond, if you think there will, who do you think will win this tournament? Uh, my prediction right now: who do I think is going to win the tournament? Um, it's just hard to go against Kipson. 
You know, I saw Thomas play a little bit. You know, I think the draw's got to move on a little bit, but but I don't know. I mean, I know you're going to pick, you know, Nakashima. <laughs> totally get it. I'm picking um, Alex Finkelstein. Yeah, Finkelstein. <laughs> he, he, not doing so well right now. Probably, probably a little sore. Um, I, I, I guess I got to go with Kipson right now. Sure. You know, unless something uh, crazy happens. But he just looked like, uh, you know, he was that horse that's going to uh, be tough to beat out there. So, uh, But if it's not Kipson, I'm going to go with a guy by the name of Andrew Zhang. <laughs> Great pick. Can I be biased? No, that's totally fair. Uh, I, I would have been. I would. I expected you to say Benji. Uh, well, yeah, no, that could have been yesterday. It's just too little, too late. Uh, I don't know whose song that is, but okay, I'll, I'll give my prediction. Yeah, f- it. I'm too committed. I'm gonna take Nakashima. I've got to go it. Um, wouldn't shock me though. Kipson, Thomas, Nakashima. Those were the three to me that just stood out above. But okay. You know, we've gone on this long enough. Obviously, it wouldn't be a great shot podcast if we didn't do our final segment. So, Fligner, cue the drum roll, please. It's time for this week's changeover chat. The changeover chat. I felt humiliated doing it in front of you, so I, I'm sorry I didn't commit. But if you could see his face right now, this is not what he coached us through. <laughs> no, this is, this is sad. I mean, don't we have some, like... <laughs> You know, preset audio thing. We will. It will sound much better, I promise. When when the actual recording... No, no, that won't be the drum roll. But this is stemming off a conversation we had earlier. You know, the changeover chat is where we have our most fun. It's where we do our most speculating about the ATP Tour. So what we're going to do today, in the theme of pro tennis comparisons, I want to make comparisons between the pro tennis players and NFL quarterbacks. And so we've talked a little bit about this. But I want to, you know, give the floor to you. Obviously, the the first quarterback we have to start with, you know, we're in Michigan. I'm a Michigan guy. Tom Brady. Who is the Tom Brady of the ATP Tour? I know you're passionate this about This one's it. so easy. We know you're wrong. It. It's Mr. Roger Federer. Oh, my okay? God. They're the both goats. Um, I mean, we were talking about it at, uh, where did we go? It was called the Roadhouse or something? Uh, across from the stadium. Yeah, you know, it's a legendary place here up at the <laughs> zoo. And, and by the way, I recommend if you guys have never made the trip to Kalamazoo, it's a pretty it's a sweet city. It, it, very, it's a cool little fun. city, and they're making some adjustments. I mean, P.J. Flack, you know, used to be here, row the boat. <laughs> Anyways, that's my Kalamazoo plug. Um, but Tom Brady and Roger Federer, uh, I think next up you had said... Um, Rafael Nadal. Where do we go? Well, so for Rafa, it's tough. Under the assumption that Brady... It's got to be a rival to Brady, right? Someone who tested him early and often in his career. And so I don't want to do the Nadal comparison, but I think one that was one of our most heated comparisons in regards to off of Federer, Eli Manning as Novak Djokovic. Because Eli is a guy, two Super Bowl rings, Knocks off the you know the goat Tom Brady always seems to match up well with the great quarterbacks whether it's Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers in the NFC playoffs whether it's Kaepernick Wilson just you know when he gets hot you're not beating wait, wait, wait. the great quarterback I'm talking about Kaepernick's run he had a great run with San Francisco Wilson yeah. great yeah. run <laughs> yeah it's getting late you might be a little tired <laughs> I know where you're going with this um, Eli I think he's the only quarterback. Uh, you know, he's beaten the Patriots twice. How many times has he, uh, David Tyree? It seems like Novak well, Djokovic just pulls something out of his No, but, he, I mean, Novak is the only guy who, he's got the winning record over Rafa and Rogers. So I, I think that's where Eli comes in. Now, Novak is way sweeter than Eli. Not to <laughs> knock on Eli, but Eli is super goof. 
<laughs> and you know, Novak is kind of sweet. So, I mean, I'll I'll give you. I understand where you're coming. Yeah, and I'm not gonna argue about Brady, but for Nadal, it's really tough. I don't know, lefty Steve Young, right? Is am I wrong? Yeah, I, I called the Steve Young because I like the lefty. Uh, you know, Steve was really Followed athletic. Montana. Yeah, he was really athletic and just kind of his style of play. I think Rafa's really difficult. There's what about Rafa as college Doug Flutie? That's that's not giving him enough juice. The Heisman Trophy winner. No, he was great. I mean, it's just unfortunately (laughs) it's not going to do it. But um, there are some other ones. I like. um, This is my pick because we're here in Michigan, and and I'm a Lions fan. I'm also a Dolphins fan. But um, I picked uh, Jack Sock (laughs) as Matthew Stafford. That's a good one. So all the talent in the world. I, I, what is the equivalent of Jack Sox doubles majors? Is that all of the passing yards Stafford has? Clearly, the arm talent is there. Clearly, the arm talent is there. But now yeah, to me, they both they're righties. They both have <laughs> yeah, absolute right. cannons. Um, Stafford can just launch the ball. Uh, Sock and Pumlet. I think it's you know when did those guys finally put it together? Like the question's always been if we're going to transition to football, is like is Stafford that leader? Like does he build the team? Does he work really hard? He's gotten paid a ton of the money. And Sock now, it's like, all right, Sock's crazy talented. The guy's got all the stuff. You know, when's he going to make that jump dedication-wise? And they're both in the same time frame. Like, Fed and Rafa are getting older and Djokovic and Andy's kind of hurt but coming back. Now, Matt, you know, you got, like, Breeze is older. These, it's perfect. I mean, yeah. I love it. So we've got a couple more. I want to do the Breeze one. But before that, I think my most interesting one, we talk about Juan Martin Del Potro. Andrew Luck, you talk about a guy who, when he's on the field, the you know, U.S. Open champion, Andrew Luck, gets deflate-gated out of probably making a run to the Super Bowl. He You know, he's constantly winning the division. He... Uh, college superstar just has had success at every level he goes to but he's been chronically injured he is one martin del potro when they're both on the court on the field you have to expect them to win right oh i there's no doubt i mean delpo right now is one of the hotter guys on the tour and um that's andrew luck 2018 19 yeah agree to disagree there (laughs) ronnie schneider smiling no the indianapolis faithful is is praying that something happens but um, I, again, I see what you're saying there. Just to me, Delpo's been in the winner circle, <laughs> and luck hasn't. And, and luck Had hasn't. Had orange bowl with yeah. my boy Jimmy H. Yeah, no, just you know, I, you're reaching. There's a lot of reaching going I'm on reaching. here. What about Roethlisberger? Who is our comparison for Roethlisberger? Um, Couple Roth- mate, Warinka? I think it was. Oh. I think it was Warinka. I mean, it's a good. It's it's hard though, you know, because these NFL quarterbacks they don't win as you know as many. Big titles because Breeze it takes that team. and Murray. That's Breeze and Andy Murray. I, I like that comparison a lot. Um, I think we went with... Um, I have another good one. My gem. Nick Kyrgios, Cam Newton, right? Both guys, all the skills, have made a couple of big stages. You know, we've seen Kyrgios. I think he made semis of Miami. I, you know, he, he beats Nadal in that Wimbledon many moons ago. Cam Newton... Talk about Cincinnati that you're going to next week. Mm-hmm. I was there last summer. And I think Nick played the most unbelievable true, match against true. Rafa. So, like, 100% is Cam Newton going to be that guy? He was an MVP, though. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, are they going to put it together? I like it. But this was the question. Who was Jimmy Garoppolo? 
because we know Jimmy's been in the news lately, and he is the young stallion on fire. The guy's sweet. Played three games and like five hundred million dollars they paid him. But who is Jimmy G? Young Jimmy. I mean, it's got to be Zverev, right? The young guy, the skills, the looks, the talent. He's got it all. Is it not Jimmy G? Who did we agree on? Am I am I wrong? No, I think we were we were debating on it. I, I oh know. no no no. My apologies. You know who we agreed on? Dimitrov. Jimmy yes. G is Dimitrov. That they haven't Rigger, done yeah. that much, but boy, do they look the part. No, they look the part. I mean, the guy can do it. It's it's. Uh, I like Jimmy G a lot. You know, talk fantasy. Um, you know, you got to tweet the cracked uh, podcast about your <laughs> fantasy picks. It's coming up in like what is it a month, three uh, weeks, something like that. Sounds like it. Yeah. And the other one uh, was in Burditch, Philip Rivers. Both guys who are always there just can't get it done. Uh, I'm trying to think. Ferrer. There was an interesting Ferrer one. Uh, Ferrer, we were talking shortest quarterback in the Alex league. Alex Smith. Maybe is it Alex it Smith? It sounds, Russell Wilson? Possibly. Somebody uh, who's... A lot of active guys. Let's go back to uh, Doug Flutie. Got the perfect one. It's got to be a Noah Rubin or a Ronnie Schneider. <laughs> Tiny, big heart. College stud. Super stud. Hey. But Ruben beat Isner, so I mean, who knows? A lot of big things on the horizon for them. I absolutely agree. And uh, look, there are a lot of good comparisons. It's a fun one. I think when you start doing basketball, it gets even trickier. I don't know. Who's the Sampers? Who's got the best eyebrows in all of the NFL? The best eyebrows in the NFL? I don't know, but in the NBA, it would have to be Anthony Davis. <laughs> okay, because, Sampers. you know, Sampras does the windshield wiper with his. <laughs> And that he's going to have to go all the way across with Anthony Davis. Oh, so. I can only imagine. Absolutely. Well, we'll leave it there then. Josh, so it's been a long time coming. We got you in before we were part of the Cracked Rackets team, but it is nice to finally get you on a Cracked Rackets certified Great Shot podcast. Yeah. No, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And shout out to uh, yeah. the Athenamans, right? We saw them today. Absolutely. We did see them. Making, making the dream happen here. So um, look forward to seeing how you guys. And any other shout outs? And, you know, you did anything else you want to plug while you have a chance? K-Dub, the, the club, anything else I'm missing? Uh, no, you did a great job. You know, and I'm looking forward to meeting your uh, redheaded superstar friend Max Ruffin. <laughs> Heard a lot about him. Misses a lot of returns. Max Fligner, I miss you so much. Can't wait for you to edit this. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, then, one last time for Josh Molino, the head coach of Kansas Wesleyan, for our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, who have a f- job to do, as always. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin, and Josh, what do we say to our fans? Hey, great job. Perfect. I love it. And we will see you all next week. Thanks, Josh.